This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We got a great show for you tonight. We got some drivers on the show. We got the reports from Jonathan Green over in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series. And we're going to talk a little, uh, you know, Les, it feels like that it's not the middle of, of winter with the race season off because I was watching Formula E, which, by the way, I really enjoyed. And I don't mean, I, I do mean to have that tone of surprise in my voice. Because it was, our producer loves that Formula E music. But yes, it was, you know, I forgot. I was watching Formula E and I just, the racing was good enough. The cars are faster that I forgot it was all electric. I was just enjoying the racing. The cars look faster. I watched the same race and uh, they look quicker. They look more confident in their steering. I mean, I don't know what is changing about it as far as making them look better in the turns, but it, it definitely is working out, and you're seeing that expression of speed as they race. Yeah, well, it was fun to watch, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, yeah, we've got – I'm going to talk about the, our guest because we have a gentleman. He's calling it from Spain, Alex Riberas, and he is going to be racing. He was down at the Roar. Yep. He's going to be racing in the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, and he's racing for an Austin-based race team, More Speed. That's right. David Morespeed and Price Cobb. You'll recognize Price Cobb from the uh, Porsche history he garnered there. The all winner, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of things going on. He's uh, Alex is really well-known and has been progressing well overseas. He came and uh, is just super excited to get into this. Yeah, I, he's, I know this guy's a, he's an enthusiastic guy, and I actually got to see the car. I went over to Morespeed uh, over, uh, over near Coda, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago, but I saw this Audi R8, and it's a gorgeous, it's an Audi 8, um, uh, Audi R8 LMS, so it's one of their factory racing program cars, so it, I mean, it's obviously based on a production car, but the one I saw, and I wish I'd seen it the day it arrived, but I saw it, and it was basically all stripped out. All the interior stripped right. out, and that probably is the way it comes. But since it's a yep. body LMS and white car. kind of thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the next step above a body in white, maybe. But anyway, it was a gorgeous looking Audi uh, R8, and you know, roughly 600 horsepower V10. Obviously, based on the balance of power. Uh, oh man, balance I hate that balance what, of power. Was it performance I love or power? It, I, hate it. I always call it's BOP. Yeah. Anyway, it's uh, that's that's a beautiful car, and they're going to be racing that at Rolex. So we're going to talk to Alex a little bit here in just a few minutes. But uh, we also are going to talk to Jonathan's down at, uh, at in New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series, which I got to watch a lot of that yesterday too, because and that's on t- today. It's on uh, and and they're doing it on YouTube live streaming, and it's and it's working out really well. And you can go to our website speedcitybroadcast.com. And see a link to all of that and also our Twitter and Facebook and all that. We'll put out some links. 
But yeah, the Toyota Racing Series down there. Cameron Doss came in sixth in the in race yeah. two that I watched, and we've got a little clip from Cameron here in a, in a few minutes. And yep, Toyota Racing Series moving along great as usual. All those young drivers and all the uh, you know the the season within a uh, within a five week span. It's fun to keep up with that. So, uh, but let's let's go back and talk a little bit about the the Formula E because you talked about it. The cars they just they look faster. They look more. I don't know. They just look more like a real car. I don't know why. The and and the style of the cars looks great. Well, I think you know the uh, technology around the electric vehicles is certainly advancing, and I think. You know, having the single car, no more, you know, car swaps as we did in the beginning of Formula E. I think all of that is making it better. And I think they're they're responding also to what the audience wants to see. I mean, those of us that, you know, love the thundering engines and all of that, I don't know what they're going to be able to do about that to overcome the golf cart sound, but it's a... Uh, it's definitely visually much better than it was even just well, two years ago. Yeah, and you know, yes, of course, you miss that. But when I was watching it on television, I don't know about maybe in in, in person, just maybe that that's an experience you're going to have to they're going to have to deal with. But watching it on television, I forgot. Like I said, I was watching the race, and uh, you know, it, it was competitive, and I just kind of forgot about it. But speaking of the race itself, BMW. Looked great, right? They, and the Andretti team looked great. They were kicking butt. And then they, as uh, as Steve Matchett put it on the television broadcast on Fox, he said they broke the golden rule. They ran into each other. The two BMW drivers ran into each other and took one of them out and and did not end up winning the race. They were going to you know, look like they were going well, to be able to Well, that always livens the race up. <laughs> yeah. Or at least the garage. Yeah, I was going to say, that, <laughs> that livens up the post-race meetings quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is. That... Uh, but I'm I'm happy to see that improving. I want to be a fan. It was a real struggle, you know, for a while. But uh, this race was was uh, definitely better than I've seen. Yeah, I think so too. I think that this this is they're moving in the right direction. They're making the obviously the big difference from being this year and last year is that the cars have enough battery. They have a lot more energy in the battery, and they can go the entire race instead of swapping cars. And so it was, you know, just that in itself makes it a little more interesting. But and there was some, uh, there was some guest special guests there. Mercedes AMG F1 boss. Oh, I did see that. Toto Toto Wolf was there, uh, I, along with the strategist. Yeah. Did you notice the caption when they showed Toto Wolf? It said "husband of Susie Wolf" and and, and, <laughs> and team principal. I was like, what? Why? Why is that his title? Uh, hey, he gets paid the same. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I just enjoy the fact that they, they did that. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was good and it was good racing and and it and again, I think it's it's probably going to be we'll probably end up liking it more and more as we go oh, along. I think less, so. You know, the, it was only their second race of the season at uh, Marrakesh, and so next up is Santiago, Chile. That uh, that is January twenty sixth. But then, what I'm really interested in seeing is when they get to Mexico City in February. I want to see how that plays out. Uh, just continue to refine everybody getting things rolling for this season. Yeah. The second race is better. I'm waiting on the third and especially the fourth. Well, Jerome Ambrosio won the, the Marrakesh E-Prix, and uh, it was interesting. They, some of the, uh, like Sam Bird looked great. He won, He was, 
leading. He led. He was a pole position qualifying. He looked great during the race. But one thing, one stat that I heard during the race, which was interesting, is that now we haven't had a. Uh, you know, I was thinking about all the different Formula One drivers in here in Formula E. The, right. the big stat that stood out to me was the fact that all four champions that well, in the first four seasons were all ex Formula One drivers. Oh yeah, I, I think there's definitely skill required, obviously. But uh, you know, is that where the uh, horse gets put out to pasture? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Felipe Massa is a good example, just leaving Formula One. But uh, but what, now on the on the uh, BMW crash when uh, when the two drivers, uh, De Costa and Sims, Alexander Sims, collided. I really wasn't. Did you have an opinion on who? To me, I couldn't really blame one or the other there. No, I'd, I don't, that one was a hard, hard call on it, and so I just, I'm, I'm not that involved. I'm not that uh, invested in the racing yet to, to really get too angry about it or whatever. Yeah, I'll have to admit the same there, thing. I'm not but, there yet. I agree. But yeah, it was uh, anyway. It was good racing and. I'm glad that they uh, that they did make the changes they did. So it's it's definitely looking better. So all right. So what about some? Uh, what about you know? We've got IndyCar coming to Austin, and, and in fact, we've got oh, testing yeah. coming sooner than that. Even better. I'm ready for the track to get hot, and it will do so on the 12th of February. And so uh, I. I'm seriously excited for this. Well, they came out with the announcement. Coda did talking about pricing of the. Of both the race, that's been out for a little bit, but the pricing of the practice coming up next month. That's right. And so if you've already got your three-day general admission passes, those are 85 bucks. With that, you automatically get in for the IndyCar training day on February 12th. If you haven't, or you only want to go to the training day, I don't know why you'd do that, but okay. That's 20 bucks to get in. So a great day there, but uh, I'm looking forward. I'll be out there checking everything out. Yeah, I, th- obviously that's going to be one of the most exciting things it's in in our little world here in Austin, Texas. Is an Indy car coming to coming to Coda? And mm-hmm. what are the dates? So we got the race. The big race is on the twenty second of March through the twenty fourth. That's the race weekend, and then the February uh, the February test is February twelfth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February twelfth. That's right. Yeah, so uh, we'll put that link out on Facebook here shortly. Or you can go to. to you. In Dakota's website, you know they have a new website address. It's thecircuit.com. There you go. Instead of circuitoftheamericas.com. You can go to the old one, but how they got that domain. Anyway, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we are going to have our guest with us. We're going to have Alex Riberas, the driver for More Speed, heading out to Daytona pretty yeah, quick. Listen buddy. to Speed City. We're in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Super Lap Battle USA is coming to Circuit of the Americas this February. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track built cars. February 16th and 17th brings time attack racing to Coda's 3.4 mile track. There'll be Lone Star Drift ride alongs, rally ready and Lone Star Drift demonstrations, World Challenge TC America open testing, a car meet, and more. Family friendly fun and free to attend February 16th and 17th at Circuit of the Americas. SuperLapBattleUSA.com. 
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370. Hi guys, I'm Dan Tickton, winner of the 2018 Macau Grand Prix 65th edition, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We were talking IndyCar coming to Austin. We're going to talk some more about that later in the show. And we're also going to talk some more Toyota Racing Series because Jonathan has done some interviews down there in New Zealand. Yeah, he's, Jonathan's not going to be on the show today because of the time difference, and but he's got those interviews he sent us. But next up, we are really excited because we have a, a young man who is a driver and is going to be racing at the uh, Rolex 24 at Daytona. And we want to welcome to the show, Alex Riberas. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be with you guys. Hey, well, welcome, welcome. And, you know, hey, you've, you're now in the Speed City family, but uh, more importantly, you've joined the More Speed family. And uh, this is awesome stuff. You're racing in their new campaign, but let's give the audience a little background to your background. I know you were, uh, you were dabbling in single-seaters, and then you went to some of the Porsche works, around uh, 2013. Give us some background on that. Oh yeah, first of all, I'm extremely excited to join Morspeed and their family. Uh, this project is absolutely a dream. And uh, yeah, basically Porsche uh, did change my career somehow in, in 2013 when they signed me for, for the junior program. So that really changed my whole um, concept of my racing career. So instead of trying to follow my dream, of uh, Formula One, I wanted to become a sports car, a race car driver, and therefore I spent three years under the under the Porsche Junior program, which was an amazing experience, and and I learned a lot from that for sure. Oh, that's fantastic! Well, I know when you came into the Porsche program, you were also running in the Cup Series and the Carrera Series. Uh, you had pretty good success there. Yeah, I mean, it it was you know in the beginning it was quite tough uh, transition. You know, from single-seaters to, to sports cars, it takes a while to change your driving style, understand the, the physics of it. Um, but eventually, the results came. Um, I managed to uh, score my, my first and, and uh, only Porsche Super Cup win, which uh, gave me also a P4 overall uh, result in the championship. And uh, thanks to that, I got the opportunity to moved to the America, American side of racing and uh, signed a contract with Porsche and Alex Job Racing to race full-time in the IMSA Championship, which was so far uh, my favorite year of racing and the one I, I enjoyed the most. Well, Alex, I was over at More Speed, uh, I guess about a week or so ago, maybe two weeks ago, and I saw this gorgeous 2019 Audi R8 LMS sitting there and the guys were all working on it, and so that's the car that you're going to be racing, I know. But how was it at the Roar getting ready? How was getting set up and all that? Oh, yeah, I mean, the car, you have to admit that the car is gorgeous. Like, no matter what happens on track, 
we've got a great, great looking uh, livery. And um, I already told David, like, well, the good looking part, we got it done. That's, that is uh, off the list. Next thing is uh, to make it fast, right? Yeah, right. So, um, I, I mean, I always say any, any car on Victory Circle looks amazingly beautiful regardless, right? So um, <laughs> the roar was more about uh, getting into all the details of the new car, uh, make sure that we understand how it works. Uh, there's a lot of new information for us. You know, the team has a lot of experience uh, on its own individuals, but it's a new team to the series. So we need to get together uh, as a team. Uh, it's, it's a very family-oriented uh, team, and, and I love that. You know, the, the energy inside, inside the team, the crew is fantastic. And the roar was about getting us together, understanding the car, and start to make some developments on the setup, which um, we achieved. And I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking we're going to be in good shape for the race. Uh, at least that's what I want that, that's what I want to expect. Well, with the likes of uh, Price Cobb and David Moore sitting behind you, that's got to be good. But you got one of our favorite drivers around, our own hometown, Will Hardeman, joining in. Uh, you get picked up some great sponsorships in Bardall and the Audi Tire Center. So, uh, you know, Continental Auto Group is another big one that's always there. You're, uh, you're loaded for bear. You're, you're good to go for this uh, Daytona 24 this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's fantastic to have Bardell and Audi Tire Center on board. Um, I think we've got exactly the right elements and will fit uh, the whole combination just fan in a fantastic way because, you know, his, his will to improve is, like, amazing. I've, I have never seen uh, such a dedicated driver, and uh, this is what it takes right now. You know, he's, he's learning fast. He's got a huge amount of potential, and I already told him my my dream or my um, my vision for the next years is to work together, become the strongest partnership uh, in the, in the IMSA series, which is, in my opinion, one of the most competitive championships in the world right now. So it's a, it's a big challenge, but I'm I'm very lucky, I would say, to have David and the engineer group and Will. Uh, around around me in the team and i think uh if we do the right kind of work and we have the luck on our side we should be able to to do some impressive work out there well what are the things that you guys were working on at the roar what you know obviously you got a brand new car and everybody getting set up what, what are some of the challenges of doing that i mean you guys are i mean you're starting from really from ground zero with a brand new car and and a new set of drivers for all this car what were the things you guys were working on well, uh, there's a few things that are um, mandatory to understand. Uh, first of all, the data system uh, to understand how how to analyze all the all the information we get from the car. That's a new system for us. So the whole group of engineers was, um, you know, not struggling, but just it's a whole process to learn how it how it works, and that was uh, fundamental. And we got it done. So um, that was very important. And on the other side, uh, the R8 is a car that has already performed and it's, it's clearly one of the best cars out there. I raced with it uh, all season 2018 in Europe and I knew the car very well, but the package of um, aerodynamics is brand new. So we have to understand as well how this uh, new evolution 
affected our our speed in the straights, how much track we were producing, and how we could play with that to uh, maximize our our grip on the fast corners, you know, like the bus stop and the infield, but still maintain a good a good top speed. And I think right now that that's going to be one of the most important things for the race. Well, I know all of that, you know, not only the hurdle of the new car, but uh, that, that takes a lot of dialing in. And I know those guys will be all over it as they were even before they went to the Roar. As they go on, is, uh, is this R8 very different from what you've been driving? Uh, well, no, basically, you know, the, the, the structure, uh, the essence of the car is the same. Um, the R8 is a very well-balanced car. It's got its middle, middle uh, engine. And um, the weight distribution is fantastic. It's a, it's a very agile car in the corners. So that is kept as the same. It's just that with the new aero package, uh, the car seems to be more stable on the fast corners and on braking. So I think, if anything, the car feels better than before. Um, also for us and for everybody in the paddock, we've got a new uh, tire compound coming in for this year. We've got Michelins instead of Continentals which is a huge change as well. So um, understanding how the car reacts to that tire is another big point, not only for the engineers, but also for the drivers. Uh, you know, especially for a 24-hour race, you need to understand how to take care of the tires. Absolutely, and I know that is such a big play. I mean, we talk about it around the Formula 1 racing so much, but sports cars go through it just as well. I just think... Uh, Man, you're sitting pretty for a for a great run at Daytona this year with Will in, by your side and uh, Price Cobb and David Moore behind you. So that's uh, that's got to be a good feeling coming. Have you been to the Daytona 24 before? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's my feeling right now. It's it, it couldn't be any better. I'm just you know my friends even tell me um, that I'm smiling all day, and it's because this challenge that comes ahead is so it's exciting especially when you know you're going to do it with great people, um, it's even better, you know, because you, you know that, of course, anything can happen, but at least you will have a shot to do uh, a good performance out there. And our third driver, uh, Andrew Davies, and the fourth, Marcus Winkelhock, are also amazing drivers. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I mean, it's going to be a, lot, a long race, tough race. We still got to receive the, the BOP. Um, but it's going to be my fourth time doing the 24 hours of, of Daytona. Uh, and on the previous three, I always had so much fun. Unfortunately, I never got to finish it. Um, or I got to finish it, but with several mechanical issues. So I would say if, if this edition goes um, without any sort of, of issues, we should, be, we should be fighting for the top. Did you say you had not gotten the BOP rating for the car yet? I know that's and that's just part of the deal. You said you had not. Yeah, we we haven't received it for for the race yet. We had one for the for the roar, but we are expecting uh, to have a new one for the race, and that's obviously going to determine uh, our performance and the performance of our main competitors as well. Um, but that that is something that the the, the series is going to take care of. We have nothing to do about it. You can only accept it and, and trust that they do a good job. And I'm sure IMSA has enough experience to give us uh, a fair BOP for this race and a chance to, to fight for, for what's going to be one of the biggest Rolex 24-hour races in the history. Uh, you know that BOP, we, we love it, we hate it, I, I don't know what. 
I always feel like it's a poker game in uh, how hard you actually drive before you get your BOP for the first race. I uh, get get one right out of the gate or not, but uh, that's such a challenge. With uh, yeah. so I know that uh, Alex, you got one more reason to uh, smile, and I hear you're moving to Texas. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know um, that has always been my dream. You know, ever since I raced in, in America, in IMSA, in t back in 2016, I told my manager, who is, by the way, American, and uh, Ian James, a fantastic manager from Phoenix. So I was like, yo, please get me a drive in IMSA because I want to move to the States. I want to move to uh, somewhere uh, where, I, where I like it. In, and Austin was one of my favorite cities. So uh, when the team told me that uh, they, they liked me to move here, I was like straight away say I I said yes for sure let's do it. So yeah I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. In February I'm I'm going to move there and uh yeah like it's going to be amazing because Will already told me like yo we have to be at the sim every day 8 a.m. Are you down? And I was like man I'm down 100% like this is amazing it's exactly what you dream of. Alex, that's exciting. Austin is a fun place. You'll definitely enjoy us. Well, Alex Riberas, thank you for coming on Speed City. We really appreciate it. You want to wish you, the, you guys at uh, More Speed and all the other drivers the best of luck at the Daytona 24, and uh, we will talk to you soon, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It's, a, it's been a pleasure to be in Speed City, and uh, hopefully we, we can hear uh, each other again and uh, to talk about some good results. So Yeah, there work, you go. Let's work into Alrighty. that. Fantastic. Travel safe, buddy. Thanks, Alex. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Be safe. All right. Well, that's exciting to have a gentleman on the show. Coming. I hope gonna... he likes fajitas and tacos. I barbecue. know. He sounds pretty excited about Austin, doesn't he? <laughs> Moving to Texas. Oh, All yeah. right. All right, guys. Well, we're going to go and go straight to a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more IndyCar and a little more Toyota Racing Series. You listen to Speed City. We're in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Hey beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Super Lap Battle USA is coming to Circuit of the Americas this February. It's the ultimate time attack challenge where top drivers compete for the fastest lap times in fully tuned track built cars. February 16th and 17th brings time attack racing to Coda's 3.4 mile track. There'll be Lone Star Drift ride alongs, rally ready and Lone Star Drift demonstrations, World Challenge TC America open testing, a car meet, and more. Family friendly fun and free to attend. February 16th and 17th at Circuit of the Americas. SuperLapBattleUSA.com. So, I hear you like listening to Talk 1370. That's very good. Now, what do I got to do to get you to listen a little bit more? It's an offer you can't refuse. The Big Cash Bribe on Talk 1370. Your chance to win $1,000 every hour, every weekday between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Right after CBS News on the hour. Listen for the secret keyword and text it to 72881. Take the cash and the cannoli. Message and data rates apply in this multi-market contest. You probably won't wake up with the horse head in your bed. 
Talk 1370. Hi, this is Rusty Wallace, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. We're in the beautiful, wonderful city of Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah, bright and sunny today. Yeah, it has been a sunny day today. It's about 100% chance of pollen and allergies. Man, I am miserable. I have been, I I got sick this week because of all the allergies. I will say that is the downfall of Austin, Texas. Yeah, it's true, man. That is true. But we make that up by having Circuit of the Americas across town. So, how about that? (laughs) I don't know if you can get a prescription written for that, but it works for me. Uh, that's a good one. I like that. Let's, let's write it off. Let's try submitting it on insurance. Uh, well, spe- speaking of that, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but we got IndyCar coming to Austin. And, you know, this this has been such a long time coming for us. And, you know, I, I kept thinking that this was going to happen sooner and sooner and sooner. But, you know, over the years, I thought, you know, they're bound to be able to work this out. And I know the big deal with Eddie Gossage up there in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I don't know that he particularly likes Speed City. I don't know what his opinion of us <laughs> is because we've always asked IndyCar drivers ever since the beginning, how would you like to drive in Austin? Yeah, yeah, whenever they were in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, He's been very protective of that ownership. But well, anyway, uh, that's all behind us now. So. Well, you know what? Here's what I'll say about it. IndyCars, I think, has the chance to rival... Yes, I'm saying it, to rival the Formula One attention here in Austin. I think the attendance from folks that are state-bound or even Mexico, I think uh, it's going to be big. I think it's really going to be big. You know what? I won't argue with that at all because, I I don't know, this first year maybe you might get the first year bump or whatever you want to call it with all the excitement, but mainly because of the trajectory of IndyCar you know, I don't know. I haven't looked at the television numbers. Oh, but, I'll tell you about the television numbers. But but just from the the feel of the of the sport, having it looks like it has great momentum. Indy does, and the racing they they got that right because the passing and and the excitement in the race is over the top, and they got great personalities in the race, and you know, and then you've got people like Alonzo who everybody wants to get over here and race at least the Indy five hundred, if not if not the entire season so you know who knows what might happen here in austin but yeah you said you got some television numbers you bet so television is uh free to air not no major cable required is going to offer 350 hours uh through a subscriber base but also everything 60 percent availability up for 2019 this year primarily nbc nbcsn and the online streaming app so check that out. That is positively wicked to get that kind of attention. So 60% more is available free is what you're yep. saying. This year over last year. They're going to televise all 17 races this year. Eight on NBC, including the 103rd running. And then five races will be aired on network TV split between ABC and NBCSN. So okay. check that out. Yeah. How is that for exposure? They know it's there. I think that is going to, you know, continue to help give them an increase. There's a lot of things going on this year that I think are going to help out. You know, there's some activities around, and this is one I wish I could make it to. This is the 50th anniversary of Mario Andretti's 1969 Indy 500 win. 
Wow. God, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, Mara is always 50. such a such a friendly person in the paddock to everybody. I just got to imagine his fan base is just going to be swelling with pride and uh, and celebrations this year. Yeah, huge. That's that's pretty amazing. Um, so let's talk about the IndyCar training. It was we talked about it earlier before the break, but it was in the last first segment. But it's it's February twelfth. And you say the tickets are going to be 20 bucks unless you buy tickets to the IndyCar Classic, the, the full race. The actual race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on March 24th. And those tickets will get you, apparently those get will, will get you into, they're calling it the spring training on February 12th. And the next question is, how much do I pay for parking? For spring training, zero zip, nada. Come park in parking lot A. Free parking. Kids under 12 receive a complimentary admission with their adult in tow. So, hey, bring them out. Play a little hooky. I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, what day is that? That's a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Okay, yeah. You said play hooky. I, I think, you know, there's learning to be done. This would be an alternative learning <laughs> opportunity. That's right. That's the way education is today. It's customized. Hey, it's and, all part of the STEM program. I, absolutely. And you know what? You know you're joking, but you, so no, I'm a not. lot of truth to that. <laughs> Let's do it. There's a lot of Let's truth to that. Let's do it. Come on, there's school districts. Jump in on this. Absolutely. But yeah, so it's it's going to be exciting having it here in Austin here again. But um, but Les, you had some stories you want to talk about too. Like you you, you have Zach Brown, Zach Indy Brown, McLaren, yeah. You know Zach Brown is uh, dealing with the IndyCar series and uh, some of the things that are around it as to why you know so many of the sponsors around IndyCar would or would not be interested in Formula One. So there's there's a discussion. It's a whole different budget for one, and so uh, that's where things are really different. But Zach Brown is really checking out and watching Fernando's comeback to the Indy 500. This is a big play in popularity for Formula One and IndyCar to have this guy show up. You know, twice a Formula One champion, but now he's coming to Indy 500, which a lot of people around the Formula One world kind of sneer towards but uh he's obviously talented when he showed up he performed very well up until the time the uh, engine went poof and then uh you know it was, oh, yeah, was, uh, was awesome. it's only 20 some odd laps from the end and so i think this is a big deal and honestly i think it's going to parlay into formula one fans looking at indycar more respectfully and also indycar fans crossing over to F1 when they see Fernando really perform and they see him, you know, oh, that's an F1 driver. Wow, he's really good. I want to see more of that. And so I think it's going to cross-pollinate. I don't think either one of them is going to suffer from this. You know, since the end of the Bernie era, F1 has has way more embraced. I mean, you didn't say the words, and I know this from personal experience. You do not say the words IndyCar you didn't say that to Bernie. You didn't no. mention it. I mean, and that was just his philosophy. And look, we, as much as you criticize him, we know a lot of the stuff he did worked. Hey. But but the point is that both IndyCar and F1 are embracing the relationship. They are both of them are, you know, they're they're talking about each other's series. So uh, yeah, that, that's that's definitely an interesting point. Yeah, I think that's really going to be uh, something that. They're not adversarial. 
I think. Whereas certainly, and I know the interview you were talking about, we were sitting in together. It, there really was kind of a aloof, you know, a kind of droll indie car. That's <laughs> yeah. cute, you know. Yeah, yeah those, like, kid, those kids are okay. <laughs> you know, they're they're better than okay, Bernie. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see what else on the uh, on the on the indie car front before we. Uh, yeah, switch. There's some uh, Formula One stories that I want to touch on too. Yeah, before I just uh, I just think the excitement around it. We're starting to get more of it, and and to be honest, uh, y'all want to hang out. We're going to introduce you to a lot of the IndyCar drivers if you don't already know them over the coming months, and uh, they're going to be joining us here. Yeah, and you know what? We're working on some. There's there's bound to be some events, and we're going to try to work on some of those. We're we're possibly looking at doing one ourselves. You know, as you know, we've done some events for Formula One and. And some actually that turned out pretty big, and so we're going to look at doing something for uh, for IndyCar as well. That's right. All right, That's let's right. talk some Formula One. We hadn't really said Arriva Derche. Arriva Derche to Arriva Bene. Yes, sir. Yeah. What do you think about this? I have my. I, I'm. I'm going to throw mine, then I'm going to ask you. I. I think that, you know, Ferrari has had forever. They've had this. You know, you either. It's almost like a. <laughs> a either you win or you're dead kind of uh attitude and yes and i know that's everybody wants to win and and different leaders motivate different ways but ferrari it seems like it's always been this super serious and if you don't win then you know you're out you're out they're just going to keep firing people until and, and i don't know if that if that works in today's world or not but it, it's just really uh I, I know why they're i know why they're letting uh, that another way they're letting let him go because they didn't win, but I just don't know. And that was his style, also. I'm assuming because, you know, he just seems like that kind of leader. But yeah. but I don't know. I mean, I think this is going to be it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Okay, so the the last time Ferrari had the constructors' title was 2008, and so here we are, ten years later, and there's been nothing. And you know, it's uh, I don't know that I would say it's all. Rivabene's fault. I'm like, well, where's the technology? I mean, yeah, he may be the guy standing on the perch out on the wall, but seriously, what else have they been able to do? Mercedes came in, you know, uh, with the combination of Adrian Newey out there with Christian Horner, and then you got Mercedes with Toto Wolf and the crowd around that. Those are tough competitors, and I just feel like uh, well, it takes more than the guy on the perch. Well, yeah, you go back to the technology. They had the fastest car at one point during the season. Yeah. Absolutely. Their car was was every bit as fast, if not faster, than Mercedes. And and I've said it in multiple shows that Sebastian Vettel made some errors. Absolutely. No doubt. But but I agree with you that it's that you got to – it is the leader. Leadership is – because if you do have the right leader, maybe you can go to Vettel and, and – figure out what's going on with him and because I feel like it was a mental thing with Vettel, you know, with some of the antics that he had and some of the errors that he had. But it is, if you're not winning at Ferrari, some, the heads are going to roll. Well, and this was actually decided somewhat uh, without stating so much, but uh, Sergio Marcioni, who passed last year, had already kind of said, this is it. If you don't get it, it's done. As so much, and so uh, you know, it, it was interesting because Riva Bene, uh, Riva Bene, uh, 
kind of declined to comment and you know i guess in american speak it was fake news but it was uh just one of those things that uh not you know he didn't intend to go anywhere he was still marching forward i think he felt like he had the reins and they may have been to the carousel horse but uh that is it i i think it's done i'm anxious to see what's going to happen when they bring in a new chief here and we'll see the uh We'll see the results soon enough. And, you know, it is one of those things that's the part of Formula One, that, that you have a huge Ferrari fan base, and it's good for the sport when Ferrari is doing well. And having been so long... It's since, good for the sales of Ferraris. Well, that's <laughs> obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, although, yeah, I, I guess so. I'm assuming so, that it's it can't certainly can't hurt. But I think Ferrari sales have been pretty strong. Otherwise, you know, irregardless of of how they've been doing. But um, but yeah, this is going to be a fascinating story to watch. There's a couple of the F1 stories, Les, I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, one of those was, uh, did you see Verstappen's day of public service? Yeah. At the Formula E race. I want, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wanted to see him like they do in you know, some of the areas around the U.S. where, you know, your, your service is walking along the county road with, you know, some kind of something bright colored vest on with a trash bag and a stick, you know, trash poking <laughs> stick. I wanted to see that. This was this was weak, people. Uh, yeah, when they said it, I was reading the article and I was like, what are they talking about? What did he do? And and supposedly that he was basically spending time with the with the stewards. That was his public service? Yeah, really? <laughs> I, I it's funny when you say public service here in the States. That's what I thought of too. I thought of him wearing a vest, walking down the side of the highway with a stick, poking up trash and put it in a bag. Yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see him scrubbing graffiti. You know, I, I want to see all those kinds of things. I, I know, but I mean, considering you know, this all stems back from him with the shove and in, in back to Ocon. Yeah, yep. Ocon. So yeah, that that's what all stems back. Obviously, it's not a criminal offense where he <laughs> wouldn't be out on the side of the highway, but but still, I thought that was pretty funny. That was weak. <laughs> that was just weak. Yeah. Um, there was a story that I saw out there about how the redundancy plans would be a major distraction for some of the top F1 teams. Did you see this story at all, Les? I heard it mentioned on one of the podcasts, but I did not really dig into that. I don't know. It just, one of the stories that the headline here says, Renault believes that the distraction of Formula One's top teams needing to make redundancies when the budget cap kicks in, could be a help for those smaller outfits trying to catch up. And this is actually on motorsport.com, but um, I don't know how... This is an interesting interesting viewpoint here because you know we've got potential cost restrictions coming for 2021, 2021 that could change that. And, uh, you know, it, it, the budget's that Renault has and some of the other teams, they're so dramatically different. Oh, sure. I mean, my gosh, Mercedes talking about their $150 million budget is, you know, not achievable. What? Yeah. <laughs> look further back in the field. Yeah. It's going to be a fascinating. Well, look, we're about, we're, we're coming up on the, the break bump here. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about the Toyota Racing Series. Jonathan has sent us some, re, uh, some interviews down there from New Zealand, and we're going to have a couple of those drivers on. Listen to Speed City here in Austin, Texas, back after these messages.
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 1370. Roger Hayden, Factory Yoshimura Suzuki. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Oh, yeah. Roger Hayden bringing us back. Yeah, Roger. There's a couple of little... uh, MotoGP things you threw in our hey, show notes, Les. So, uh, you know, Danilo Petrucci and Andrea Luvicioso, Ducati <laughs> Power Pack Duo. This should be interesting. Yeah. You know, with Jorge out and Danilo coming in, this is going to be good. I'm really excited for this, to be honest, because Danilo's been doing really good on that uh, second string Ducati, if you will. And I am excited to see him step up and get the full support, full partnership behind him. I think that's going to be great. Uh, another one, Suzuki team, uh, Jean Mears, Mir and Alex Wren are teaming up now for Suzuki. And that's going to make an interesting pair. pair. Mir has been doing awesome. And uh, like I said, another chance for these guys that have been out performing well to step up and get full factory support. So uh, Suzuki and Ducati are going to be out there. I think Honda better be paying attention. Yeah. You know, we said, we've we been talking about Andy coming to Austin and getting so excited about it, but it's right after that. So Andy's 20, March 24th, but then MotoGP, uh, the race on Sunday is, Mar- is April 14th, so it's like three weeks later. So we got, we got some serious springtime fun oh, coming yeah. up here because we got, yeah. you know, the... the uh, the Blanc Pain World Challenge March first at Coda, and you know, so so the order would be uh, the IndyCar training on February twelfth practice, and then Blanc Pain and March first and second IndyCar March twenty second twenty fourth MotoGP twelfth and fourteenth. So the the spring in Austin is going to be awesome, revving it up for sure, for sure. All right, Les, you wanted to talk about Ross Braun. Ross Braun is head of uh, Formula One's operations. Yeah, you know he is. Uh, he's really he's made some changes, and they're difficult changes uh, in how the teams are being dealt with. One of the things he wants closer racing. We all want to see that. He wants better looking cars. We're already seeing that start to come through, and he's wanting to address financial payouts, and so uh, that's part of it as well. But the other thing is he's trying to go through and figure out this budgeting. How do you budget somebody that builds their own technology and all of that when they can say, you know, they've got someplace else to say where they spent their money. And so, you know, it's you got to have a level of trust, but that is uh, not necessarily 
something they do in the paddock. So, you know, some of it is how that's doing it. For one, I'll say I'm pleased with the way he's handling things. He's not just handing it in a uh, dictator shape uh, role that he is including conversations with the teams, the technology people, the drivers. He's got all of that involved. He's made a he's made good progress, but he's he's already shown frustration in that he's not getting his changes rolled out as fast as he would like, and uh, that's because he's he is trying to be so considerate of everyone in the paddock. So, yeah, I, I'm really stoked with that. Uh, you know, he's trying to address especially the midfield or the Formula 1.5, as Gene Haas calls it. He's trying to work that through and. Uh, Reduce the gap between the the three and the rest of the field. It's uh, it is you know I mean we we've, we've said it here we've heard it different places. It's almost as if they're in their own race back there. You know there's some things. Uh, last season I am still really intrigued by this discussion about getting rid of blue flags. That mm. that just really intrigues me because of this situation. It's the best of the rest. Well, they're in solid race as much as anybody and their budgets are so tight. So taking away that flag, you just said, well, we're not going to tell you to let the faster cars go by and uh, let, let y'all sort it out on your own. I kind of, I, I really do think there's some merit to that. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I, you know, it's, Ross Braun is, uh, he's a really interesting guy to listen to. We've had, we, if you go back to our SoundCloud, you need to go back and listen to that. We have, some, we have a fantastic, it's really kind of exclusive. It was done at a, at a radio station down in New Zealand, but they let us have, have that. It's on our SoundCloud account. Go check that out. All right, let's talk about the Toyota Racing Series. Jonathan Green, our third wheel, is down there right now and doing the television commentary for them. He's done it for several years, many years, actually. And he sent us a couple of interviews and this first one is Liam Lawson. And Liam is actually one of the kids that's from New Zealand and a 16-year-old. And he's this guy has competed in Australia, Germany, here in the U.S. Uh, but he is now, this is his first time in single-seaters, actually in his home country. But, uh, but let's hear this interview that Jonathan Green did with uh, Liam Lawson. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm with the first winner of the 2019 Castro Toyota Racing Series, and he's from New Zealand. His name, Liam Lawson. Congratulations. Um, you started from the front row, uh, so it's a good place to start, but um, from there on in, you didn't look back. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really lucky to, to start off the front row. Um, yeah, I mean, my main focus the whole lead, lead up to the race was to, to get the start um, and just try and get to the first corner first, um, because... It looks. Well, it looked like it was going to be a hard track to pass on. Obviously, it's first time for everybody, so it was. Uh, it was interesting, but you know, I was lucky enough to to do that. Um, and then from there on, the car was just really, really good. Uh, every lap was the car was getting better. Balance-wise, was getting better and better. Um, and I just had to drive around the car. The, the team gave me an awesome car to to drive. So it was a pretty cool experience. Obviously, I've been wanting to do the series for a lot of years now. Um, last year, I just missed out, so it was really frustrating watching. Um, but it's definitely worth the wait to, to now finally get it done. I mean, I know this was the plan, but I mean, you must be pitching yourself. I mean, that was a dream start. I mean, you didn't just win. You got fastest lap on six, seven, eight, nine. Um, what was going on inside the cockpit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's. Uh, I was definitely, I was hoping to do something like this. Um, I wasn't expecting it for sure. It was. Uh, I was hoping for at least, you know, to, to try and fight for podiums at the start. Um, so. Yeah, as soon as, as I said, as soon as we got the start, um, it was just, the car was just so good. 
Um, so sitting fast asleep was uh, was just down to the car, I think. And also beating the likes of Marcus uh, and Lucas Auer, two very established international drivers, that's got to fill you with confidence for the next five weeks. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, I was hugely nervous before the race to, to go up against Marcus. You know, it's his third season, so he's got a lot of experience in this car. Um, was, I knew it was going to be really, really tough to... to try and compete with him and same with with Lucas um, and also Hyman I mean he's done he's he's been racing in, in like GP3 and stuff like that so it's um I was definitely very nervous um, but it's nice to, to get the first one out of the way and hopefully we can, we can carry on with some more friends and family here to celebrate with you yeah my my parents have come down and some my some of my sponsors and friends have come down so it's uh yeah it's really really cool to have them here watching it's got to be pretty surreal for a 16-year-old Kiwi because you grow up racing here, everybody knows you. I was talking to a girl in the cafe who said, I've known him since he was a little boy and they were all watching. But, you know, you're obviously not aware of that, but it must be pretty weird that now you're on an international stage, but you're still here at home. Yeah, that's why it's so cool to have a series like this in New Zealand. Um, you know, racing overseas this year has been, has been awesome, but it's a huge learning curve. Um, so it's really nice to come back home and, and have the support from from home. You know, it's uh, it's it was hugely emotional to, to win a race in New Zealand like this so it's uh, really really cool now you got to keep it up what have you and your engineer been cooking up for tomorrow and uh, the feature race and, and race two um, yeah so far we've only gone through a little bit of balance of, of what the car was like um, but we'll go do podium and then we'll sit down later on tonight and really go through the details um, to, to focus on going a bit quicker obviously you know the race pace was really good which is which is good but um, we still had a little bit to find in quality so um, we'll, we'll go more deep into that tonight but um, yeah, super happy. And for our fans of the, in the USA, it might be the first time they've heard your name. So give us some uh, social or places to find you so we can start to follow you. Uh, yeah, obviously Instagram, Facebook, it's just Liam Lawson. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure. <laughs> hey, you don't need it. You will, we'll find you. Congratulations, Liam Lawson, on your first win here in the Toyota Racing Series. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, yeah, it's exciting young kid. Young you know, talent coming up. Yeah, I mean, that is what the Toyota Racing Series is all about. I love it. Can't we get something like that up here? Yeah, I love <laughs> I love the fact that it's an off-season thing. Yeah. You just yeah, want it because you want 24, I want everything right you want here. 12-month racing I want here everything right here. <laughs> hey, why not? Well, all right, well, Jonathan sent us another interview with an American. And, in fact, he's done really well. This interview was done... Um, a couple days ago, before like Cameron Doss is who this interview is with, and Cameron was on the show not too long ago, just a couple weeks ago. Another great talent. Yeah, young American talent. Well, there's three Americans in the Toyota Racing Series, and Cameron is one of them, and he finished in, I watched race two yesterday, and Cameron finished sixth in that race, but let's go ahead and hear this interview with Cameron Doss that Jonathan did yesterday. Well, Cameron... Uh, first session, so it's good to you know get the cobwebs out. Um, how is it uh, experiencing the first, uh, first time here at Highlands? Yeah, the track is amazing. I mean, we did the track walk last night, and I was pretty excited after doing that. I mean, turn three, the the quick chicanes they have here are like they're proper on the limit. Um, but this session was really just trying to get a feeler for the car again. We were on really old tires, and and uh, it was a good learning experience. I mean, it's definitely different than an F3 car, the, or the one I've been driving the last year. So it took a few laps to get used to it again, but um, I feel like I'm getting the rhythm pretty quick. It's almost exactly a year since you drove this kind of mm -hmm. car. Uh, how much has your racecraft improved in this year, in 2018, last year, helped you to get to this point? 
Oh, it's, it helped tremendously. I mean, TRS last year really prepped me for Euro Formula after that. And I think Euro Formula then, again, prepped me for this for this season in TRS. So uh, I feel a lot stronger than I did uh, 12 months ago. Just testing at the moment. It's nothing to, to write home about yet, but um, you've got your head down and you feel confident? Absolutely, yeah. Super confident. And you've got another session this afternoon before we get into the real thing? Yeah, we got practice starts in FP2 this afternoon. Best of luck. Thank you. All right, so Jonathan's down there. He's going to be down there for the next several weeks and watching that and giving us reports. And he'll be back on the show occasionally. just depends on the timing of when they've got racing and when he has to sleep. And I, I, they're like a day ahead and five hours behind or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. the usual stuff. But all right, we got to wrap it up. You listen to, now make sure you listen next week. We're going to have continuing coverage of IndyCar. I think we're going to have some IndyCar guests. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And if course our social facebook twitter and everything else and we will talk to you next week ciao y'all this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.